You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you had a great sports weekend. A lot to talk about. NBA playoffs, it is getting tense. We've got some NHL playoffs to go over. We've got some baseball to cover. But we're going to talk a lot about all four series happening in the NBA playoffs. And we will get to that momentarily. Let's start with probably the most important series going on, the most entertaining one, and that's the Lakers and Golden State. And this is typical of Golden State. I I know a lot of you will say they just lost by 30 on Saturday. It doesn't matter. And I'll talk about this when we get to the NHL playoffs as well. It doesn't matter how many you lose by in the playoffs. If you come back and win the next game by one, You could have lost the previous game by 50. They don't determine the winner of the series based on point differential or goal differential. So Golden State lost by 30 on Saturday at the Lakers, 127-97. And game four is tonight. Yes, they have to win tonight. But if there's a team that could win on the road and pull it out and tie the series up at two, it's Golden State. And I went back and actually looked over the last few seasons, and I wanted to point out the fact that in the playoffs over the last two years, five times the Golden State Warriors have lost a playoff game by double digits. They have come back and won the next game every single time. I'll even go over them for you. Let's go back to the conference semis um, last season, and that was against Memphis. They were up three games to one, and then they lost by 39 in Memphis and come back and won the next game by 14 at home to close out that series. In the conference finals, they were up 3-0 on the Dallas Mavericks. They lost game four by double digits, came back and won game five by double digits. Both games in the NBA finals that they lost last year were by double digits. They lost game one at home to the Boston Celtics by 12, came back and won the next game by 19. Then they go to Boston and lose game three. Remember, they were down 2-1 in the NBA Finals last year. They lost that game by 16, won the next game by 10, the next game after that by 10, and the next game after that by 13. So that's four times last year in the playoffs. They lost a game by double digits, came back and won the next game all by double digits. It happened in this playoffs already. They lost game six at home to Sacramento by 19. And what they do? They came back and won the next game by 20. So doesn't mean they're going to win tonight. All I'm saying is you can throw the score of Saturday's game out the window because once a score gets to a certain point, when it was hovering around 16 or 18 with three, four minutes left in the third, you knew if they didn't make a run at the end of the third, they were probably going to rest a lot of their players. And they started them in the fourth. I think they were down 18 to start the fourth quarter. And they couldn't make any sort of dent in the – if they could have got it down to 12 in the first, you know, two or three minutes of the fourth quarter, those guys would have stayed in. But once it stayed at 18 and even went up to 20 or 22 and all Golden State starters came out, you can just throw away the last 10 minutes of the game because that's not who Golden State is. That's not who their players are. So Lakers win by 30. They needed to do what they did, and that's win at home. The Lakers win every home game the rest of the series. They win the series. But Golden State, 5-0 and 
off a loss in the playoffs by double digits the last two years. So just keep that in mind for tonight. Also keep in mind for tonight, we've got good Anthony Davis and bad Anthony Davis. And my gosh, this guy just can't play well in even-numbered games. In games that are odd-numbered playoff games, he's averaging 28 points, almost 17 rebounds, and the Lakers are 4-1. and one. On even-numbered games, 13 points, 10 rebounds, and they're 2-2. Two and two. So I don't know, and I what did I say at the beginning of the series after game one when the Lakers won in Golden State and Anthony Davis put up a 35 and 20? It's like, okay, but you're not going to get this. You're going to get at least one or two stinkers a series from Anthony Davis. And what did he do the next game? He went and He went out and got 11 points and seven rebounds, and they got blown out. So I don't know why AD can't play hard and play efficient every single game. You can tell, I I can tell you, uh, the first six minutes of Saturday's game, you're just like, oh, he's engaged. He's going to play well today. Watch tonight. If Anthony Davis looks slow and sluggish and he's missing shots and he's not playing defense, you can pretty much count him out for tonight's game. You'll know within the first six minutes of the game whether he's the real AD or the fake AD. But, yes, Golden State definitely needs to win tonight. And it's just this series is so ridiculous, and, and, I'm, and I'm talking about the officiating because I said this the other day. I said when the officials want to control a game, they can. And what they did in game one, remember what I said in game one? The Lakers were 25 of 29 from the line. The Warriors shot six free throws. Six. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? How is that even possible? And then what happened the next game? They came back, and the Warriors shot 17 free throws, and the Lakers shot 16, and four of them, they didn't shoot their first free throws until there was one minute left in the first half. And you're telling me the Lakers played that much different from Tuesday to Thursday of last week? No. Then what happens on Saturday, this past Saturday when they win by 30? What happened at the free throw line? Yet again, for whatever reason, the refs just decided to call fouls on the Golden State Warriors. And this isn't a complaint. I'm just laying out the facts here. The Lakers were 28 of 37 from the line on Saturday, and Golden State shot 17 free throws. So the Lakers shoot 20 more free throws on Saturday. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, tonight's game will not have that big of a discrepancy at the free throw line for either team. It's not like I think the Warriors are going to shoot 20 more free throws than the Lakers. The Warriors aren't just going to go to the line very much because they are a jump-shooting team. The Lakers should be fouled more. But when it's 29 free throws in Game 1 and then 16 in Game 2 and then 37 in Game 3, and I guarantee tonight it'll be under 20. I, it's just I, I know the way these things go. And unless there's you know a double overtime and there's a bunch of fouls at the end or whatever the case may be, um, I'm just saying it's not going to be as – whistle happy as it's been in games one and three i just think the refs for whatever reason they get whistle happy at times and put it this way if the lakers shoot 25 or more free throws golden state would have to shoot i don't know probably 55 percent from three-point range to win the game because if the lakers are shooting that many free throws that means the clock is stopping that means the lakers are being able to set up their defense off free throws and that's where they're drawing, and that's where they're giving Golden State problems is when the game is slowed down because there's so many fouls called. When there isn't a lot of fouls called and Golden State can run up and down the court, you see what happens. 
They won game two by 27 points, you know? So we'll keep an eye on it, but that is something to look forward to tonight. One, look at how well Anthony Davis is playing in the first six minutes of the game. And two, look at how the game is officiated. That's going to tell you all you need to know. If it's close in free throws, I mean, if the Lakers shoot 25 free throws, as long as Golden State shoots 18 to 22 themselves, they'll be fine. But when there's a discrepancy of 20 free throws, there was a discrepancy of 23 free throws in game one, and like I said, what, 20 in game three? Golden State has no chance. None. Unless they shoot a ridiculous percentage from three-point range. So game four tonight in L.A. We'll definitely be talking about it in tomorrow's podcast. So the other game tonight is the Knicks in Miami. And Miami's looking to go up 3-1, just like the Lakers are looking to go up 3-1 at home. And, yeah, I mean, I think you could pretty much write off the Knicks if they lose this game because I don't think – even though they do have home court advantage, I don't see them winning three in a row against Miami the way Miami's playing. If the Lakers win and go up 3-1, while I think obviously the odds will certainly favor the Lakers, I would never rule. I just, I'm just i never going to write the Golden State Warriors off until they lose a playoff series. As I read you last week, Steph Curry's lost four playoff series his whole career. So let's, <laughs> let's be careful about writing the Warriors off, especially when two of those last three games – would be on their home court. So it wouldn't I wouldn't um favor them. They're certainly not going to be favored to win the series down 3-1, but Knicks, I mean, look, the Knicks are down 2-1 and they've been outplayed in all three games. They've certainly been outplayed in the two games that Miami won, and the one game that Miami lost, they didn't even have Jimmy Butler, and they were in the game until the last 2 minutes. So you're looking at a Knicks team that for whatever reason has not figured out the Miami Heat at all through the first three games of this series. The other two series, I mean, this is why I say it at the beginning of every playoff series, and I say it even when a team goes up 2-0. Just because a team goes up 2-0 and wins both games on their home court doesn't mean the series is over because everybody says, oh, my gosh, for the road team to win now, they're down 2-0. They have to win four of the next five. Well, both teams that fell behind 2-0 on the road came home and won both of their home games. So technically, none of these series has really started yet because the home team hasn't lost. Philly comes home. Well, they were 1-1, and they lost game three at home and won game four yesterday in dramatic fashion. James Harden is either <laughs> James Harden is either the greatest basketball player in the world or he stinks to high heaven. 45 points in game one. What do you have yesterday? 42. And in games two and three combined, I don't think he had 15 points. Like he was terrible. But he was the one that won them the game yesterday. And now they go back to Boston 2-2. Boston's got two of the next three at home. Phoenix looked bad, bad in Denver for two games. You're just like, what are they doing? They can't defend Denver scoring all these points. And what happens? They come home. They win both games. Now, what Devin Booker did in games three and four in Phoenix, my gosh, I don't even know how, I don't know if I've ever seen this type of efficiency. This isn't a guy that's seven foot four and is just shooting three footers and dunking around the basket. Devin Booker is a shooting guard. 
and he was 20 of 25 in Friday night's game and 14 of 18 in yesterday's game. That's 34 for 43. He missed nine shots in two games as a guard. He is... There's a part of me that's like, there's no way they can keep this up, right? I mean, Phoenix literally has two people that can score on their team. Granted, they got some help last night. Landry Shamit somehow woke up from his coma and hit four three-pointers in the fourth quarter alone, and that's pretty much why Phoenix won last night because I don't think Booker scored in the fourth quarter. But regardless, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are scoring like 65 or 70% of the Suns' points. It's ridiculous. But yet the Suns can do this. Now you can ask, well, how long can this last? Can this continue? You wouldn't think so because they're getting nothing outside of what Landry did last night. They're not getting anything from their bench. Chris Paul is out. DeAndre Ayton has become a non-factor because Denver is playing him right off the floor. He cannot guard Nikola Jokic. Then again, most people can't, but they're spending way more time with Jock Landale on the court than they are DeAndre Ayton. I don't – it just – DeAndre Ayton's been a giant bust, and I would not be surprised if the Suns move him this offseason. I think they've pretty much given up on him. Yes, they got 17 out of Landry Shamit, but you get – you get 36 out of Durant, 36 out of Booker, 17 out of Landry off the bench, and no other player scored more than eight. Like, just, is that sustainable? I I don't know. Maybe for a first, maybe for one series, two series, but they can't do this and win an NBA championship. They are not ready to win. Could they beat Denver two of the next three games? Maybe. But this isn't sustainable throughout an NBA championship run. You can't have two guys score and everyone else is barely getting double digits. It's it's not enough. You need more players. So uh, we'll see what happens there. And like I said, Philly, they're tied with Boston now. I don't think anybody thought those two series were going to be close, to be honest with you. NHL playoffs, uh, let's start with the Stars last night. Just like I talked about with Golden State, the margin of victory, the Kraken beating the Stars last night 7-2 to two, really means nothing to me. Um, just like I said, the Golden State Warriors has bounced back in the last two years in the playoffs by all five times they've lost by double digits. They've won the next game by double digits minimum. The Dallas Stars have not lost back-to-back hockey games since mid-March. So while they lost 7-2 last night, this series has played out just like round one did. They lost game one at home, won game two at home. Lost game three on the road, won game four on the road. This series... Yeah, I mean, if they lose, then it doesn't match up with last series. But 7-2 to means nothing to me because it doesn't matter. If the Stars win one nothing the next game, what does a 7-2 loss really mean? It doesn't mean anything because you don't win a series based on goal differential. If the Stars win the next three games by one goal, that means that the Seattle Kraken will have outscored the Stars in the series yet lost four games to two. So that's what I mean when I said I don't really care about the score. Jake Ottinger had a horrible, horrible game and goal for the Stars yesterday. Was letting in goals that I've never seen him let in before. Just looks like his mind wasn't there. But you just chalk that up as an L, go back to the drawing board, you get back on your skate, and you try and win game four on Tuesday night. And if they can do that, no one will care about the 7-2 loss. Florida Panthers, uh, they're the story of the NHL playoffs thus far. 
you know, you eliminate the Boston Bruins, and now you're up 3-0 on Toronto. So Maple Leafs, I know you hadn't made the second round in, what, 18 years? Well, you're not going to make the third round this year because you're down 3-0 to the Panthers. I don't see you coming back from that. New Jersey got a game under their belt. They had lost the first two in Carolina. Carolina still leads that series 2-1, and Edmonton and Vegas are tied at one game apiece. So that's the NHL playoffs. Disappointing to see the way the Stars played yesterday, and it seemed to go all downhill. The second, their best defenseman got smashed in the face with a puck, and his face was bleeding. Miro Haskinen had to leave the game, and then the Kraken scored four goals, I believe, in the next seven or eight minutes. So wasn't good. It's not an excuse. They didn't play well, but you got game four, come back. Like I said, they have not lost back-to-back games, the Stars, in two months. So every loss they've had, regular season and postseason, they've bounced back with a win. Hopefully they can do that on Tuesday night. One final thought on the Suns-Nuggets series. If you saw last night, I believe it was in the third quarter, ball went out of bounds, and Nikola Jokic was arguing with a fan courtside, shoved him, the fan overreacted. However, that fan is Suns owner, Matt Ishbia, new owner for the Suns. So I know that the NBA is looking into this. I think it would really suck if Nikola Jokic got suspended for game five, but he did shove a fan. Yes, all Matt Ishbia was doing was holding the ball, and then Jokic grabbed it out of his hand and shoved him. And, you know, Ishbia kind of flopped, but the fact is, You put your hand on any fan, especially courtside, that usually results in an automatic suspension. Now, this is the playoffs. The series is tied at two. Nikola Jokic is literally the best player in the league. He's playing the best. He's off a 53-point game last night. Does the NBA have the balls to suspend him for game five for touching a fan? And in this fan, happens to be an owner. Ah. Put it this way, if they do it, I won't say I'm that surprised. You can't touch the fans. You can't. And all he did was hold the ball. The ball went out of bounds. He had it in his hands, and then he, Jokic, you know, yanked it out of his hands so they could get the ball. It's like, who cares who has the ball? The play is dead anyway at that point. That is obviously going to be a huge, huge deal if they suspend Jokic for Game 5. Have to keep an eye on that. I think we'll know sometime today if Jokic is getting suspended. But, man, putting your hands on someone sitting at courtside as a player? I know Jokic last night was claiming that, what, are they not protecting me? They're not protecting the players? They're letting the fans... I saw that thing two or three times on replay. That... Matt Ishbia wasn't doing anything that was putting Nikola Jokic in jeopardy. Wasn't doing any physical harm to him. We'll see. And finally, just one baseball note here. And I think probably 99.99999% of you don't care about this. But I'll share it because it's a great stat. And it has to do with the local team here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. The Texas Rangers, by the way, if you didn't know, they're in first place in the AL West. 
And this is a team that literally has been the worst team in baseball for the last five years combined. They've been awful. But they are currently 20-13. and 13. They have the best record in the AL West. They just took two of three against the Angels in Los Angeles or in Anaheim. They have a two-game lead over the Angels. But here's the thing about the Texas Rangers that I think people need to keep an eye on. We all know the Tampa Bay Rays are just running away with everything, 28-7 and seven now. Their run differential is 115. Do you know who the second team in run differential is in all of baseball? That would be the Texas Rangers, and they're 30 runs ahead of the third-place team. Texas Rangers are plus 85 run differential this year. And you know why? Because yesterday when they won 16-8, to <laughs> that was the ninth time this season they've scored double-digit runs in a game. Nine times. It is May 8th. We are 33 games into the season, and nine times, almost half of their wins, 20 wins, almost half of their wins, they've scored double-digit runs. You know how many times last year in a 162-game season the Texas Rangers scored 10 or more runs in a game? 10. They've done it nine times in the first 33 games, and that's without Corey Seager playing the last three weeks, who is a key part of their offense. He bats third, usually you let your best hitter hit third. He hadn't played for three weeks, and they're putting up these ridiculous offensive numbers. Their bullpen sucks. They could easily be 22-11 and 11 at this point because their bullpen blew two games just this week. But, you know, we're early. It's only May 8th. This doesn't mean the Rangers are going to win the West. It doesn't mean that their bullpen isn't going to fall apart all season long and their starting pitching injuries are going to catch up to them at some point. They probably will, but you got to understand, this is a team that hasn't been over 500 in five years. So just to get to 500 would be great for them. But 20-13 and 13 with a plus 85 run differential, 33 games into the season, that's not bad at all. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about it. Give me a five-star review. Give me a nice comment. That'd be great. Certainly helps the podcast. Tomorrow we're back with yet another Sports Daily. We're going to talk about the two games on the docket tonight in the NBA and, and any NHL scores and plus go over some other things that maybe happened over the weekend in sports that I didn't get to today. So thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.